1: To claim your free welcome bonus, that's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. Your Monday, Wednesday, and it is Friday, Let's Ride Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network. Not just my Let's Ride Podcast, but also all of our morning lineup. That's Tuesdays. Uh, with Jeffrey Benedict in the Cutting Room Floor. That's Thursdays with Dave Schofield and the Stat Geek. Had a great podcast yesterday about Najee Harris and his stats and his numbers. You need to go listen to that one. I guarantee you won't regret it. Our whole noon lineup, everything from bad language to what Yin's talking about, the War Room with Matty Peverell, and then our PM shows, which are also live on YouTube and on Facebook Live. Make sure you're checking us all out as well as BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcast, make sure you just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe and follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. It is Friday, folks. I hope you've had a great week. I know I have. Summer break is a great break for me. And it's uh, been busy, but you know what? It's been great. And I hope that you've had a great week. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have had a great week. Why? They have wrapped up their mandatory minicamp. It is in the books. These three days are the last Pittsburgh Steelers workouts that you're going to see until July, July, not June, July 26th, when the Steelers report to St. Vincent College. Their first workout will be the 27th. And that's when all, it just, it starts. It starts all over again. And that's exciting for a lot of reasons. But let's not, let's not move too far ahead. Let's not talk about the dog days. We don't want to talk about that either. Let's talk about mandatory minicamp. You know The one thing is is that I understand that there's a lot of fans out there, and you might listen to my podcast every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, in which case you're a part of the Ride or Die crew, thank you very much. I appreciate all your loyalty to the show. But there's a lot of you out there that might not read every article that goes on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and you might not follow on Twitter, and you might not know the ins and the outs of what's going on with the Steelers. I get it. I honestly get it. Uh, up until I decided to try and make the Steelers somehow a second job, I didn't follow it that closely in the off season either. Uh, I was not in tune to organized team activities. I was not aware of when mandatory minicamp was. I understand it now. At that time, it was. It was. It's different today. It's totally different. The NFL has gotten so huge; they've made events out of off season, like the schedule release. I mean, you're just giving out a schedule, but they make it a big thing. Things have changed, but in regards to the fans, I understand that a lot of fans out there, just they just don't pay close attention in the offseason. So if you're someone that listens to all my podcasts, you might be wondering, what's going on at minicamp, Jeff? Like, what's going on out there? You talked all about training camp and why it's going to be exciting, and I got all jacked up for that on Wednesday. If you missed that show, go back and check it out. But what about the minicamp? It's over, three days of workouts, what did we learn? That's the title of today's podcast. What did we learn from the 2022 Steelers, their mandatory minicamp? Well, what I decided to do, was I decided to kind of do this random thought style, meaning kind of go through some of the notes from my notebook that, and, and just the news. I, I'm not there. I can't be there. If you want to know, hear from someone that has been there, go back and listen to my Monday show when I had uh, Alan Saunders on of Pittsburgh Steelers Now, and he was there and he talked a lot. It was a, I thought it was a great Monday morning conversation. Go back and check that out. And he, he's been there. He was there for all of OTAs, basically, and he's been there for all of mandatory minicamps. So uh, let's just do this random style, okay? We're going to go through, we're going to talk about some things that we learned, things that maybe are going on, Uh, so let's get this started. Of course, where are we going to start? The quarterbacks. Yes, the quarterbacks. Mike Tomlin, he made this very clear to Matt Canada, that he said the quarterback order is as such, Trubisky, Rudolph, Pickett, Oladokun in that order. And when he said that, I think there's a lot of fans that were probably like, oh man, you got to be you got to be kidding me. Then Matt Canada, he even said this quote, you can read whatever you want into it. He said, we've been very clear where that is, but we've also been very clear that this is a real laid out plan of how we're going to evolve and find who our quarterback is going to be, end quote. So in that regard, yes, you might not like the fact that you might not like the fact that this is the order, but at the same time, it seems like this is part of the plan. That this is part of the plan. So the the mandatory minicamp. Say what you want about who's throwing the football. They do some football like stuff there. Like they do the two minute drill. And the two minute drill. It got to remember, folks. These media members that are there that are watching, whether it's Alan Saunders, Mark Cabali, Will Graves, Brian Batko, Christopher Carter, our good friend here on the show. They're all there, they're watching everything, but they can only report on team drills if a player says what happened. Now they can ask, hey, Kenny, you know, uh, what about that throw to Connor Hayward? He goes, oh yeah, that was a great throw to Connor Hayward, uh, whatever. That's kind of what we want to talk about here. So the two-minute drill, so Kenny Pickett got it, uh, his, he got took a shot at the two-minute drill, and his Did not end in a touchdown. There was a great red zone catch by Connor Hayward, but the drive stalled. Uh, My guess is it probably would have ended in a field goal. But whoever was the quarterback before Pickett, well, they were intercepted by Trey Norwood. So it's always great, in my opinion, to hear about some football-like stuff, even though it's football in shorts. They're not hitting each other, but it's 11-on-11. Keep that in mind. Also, you know, we had a talking point and a storyline going into – Minicamp about who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. Well, everyone was there, including Deontay Johnson, and he wants a new contract. He said if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But he's focused on the 2022 season. You might not believe that, but that's what he said. Also in attendance, wanting a new deal is Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick wants a new deal, which, by the way, there are now reports that Minka Fitzpatrick and the Steelers are pretty close. They're not, it's not it doesn't mean a deal is imminent. But they're pretty close. And that's a good thing. That means that Omar Khan, the new GM, Minka Fitzpatrick, and his wh- whoever his agent is, they have talked. They've known the numbers. They know what's expected. It should just be a formality. If that's the case, if that report is true, that's fantastic. That means that it would it will be just a blip on the radar. When would it happen? We will see. We shall see. One of the question marks around the Steelers is this entire off season has been the offensive line and mainly the running game. What is the running game going to look like? You know, Pat Myers, the new offensive line coach, is he going to bring some type of different philosophy? What's the new look line going to look like? And you know, will will be they running inside zone, outside zone. All reports from minicamp, Pat Meyer himself said the Steelers are running all different types of schemes, but they're focusing hard on running more wide zone. This upcoming season. So if you're a football junkie and you're wondering what that run game is going to look like, at least right now in the early stages of the whole global work that they're doing, wide zone might be what the focus is on. We might have a new nickname here, folks. We might have a new nickname for one George Pickens. Uh, You know, I wear the hood on Thursday nights for the Steeler preview, but George Pickens was called Big George by Matt Canada. Matt Canada said, in quote, I didn't notice Najee Harris's quads, but if you didn't notice how big George is, he's a freaking big dude. Uh, end quote. Canada also praises his ability to transition his body uh, for a guy who's that big. So when you think of it in that aspect, Big George might be a new nickname. I'm not sure if that's going to stick, but still, he's a big dude. He is a big dude. Uh, Najee Harris Of course, everyone's talking about his weight and he responded to that and joked around and gave the, he obviously gave the reporter some ribbing about them reporting how he's 244 pounds. And he said, y'all are making me sound like I'm fat because he's not, he's not. But the bigger issue here is not the fact of Najee Harris's weight, but his workload. Supposedly, according to Harris, the coaching staff has talked to him about lightening his workload and Harris is reportedly okay with it. But he said those discussions were ongoing. And the kicker here, he still wants to be on the field a lot. Shocker! He wants to be on the field. Why? He should want to be on the field because he's their best offensive player. So Najee Harris, he's he's a gem. I love listening to Najee Harris. We continue. Also, you know Terrell Austin. We talked. To, we heard from him. Hadn't heard much from Terrell Austin based on the fact that you know he's in. He was a secondary coach. He was an assistant. Now he's the defensive coordinator. He spoke about the strong safety position. You got to remember they brought back Terrell Edmonds on a team friendly deal. Um, They also brought in uh, Demonte KZ. He's in. He's an option now. Doesn't matter. Terrell Lawson said, "You know what? As of right now, the front runner is Edmonds. It's his job to lose." That's what he said. Also, there's some reports, not the contract stuff. You know, you hear about Deontay Johnson. You hear about Megan Fitzpatrick. He's not the only one that might be getting a new deal. Danny Smith said, and it's a special teams coach, by the way, in case you don't know, on Chris Boswell that he'll, quote, he'll get a new deal at some point. So keep an eye on that. That might have implications as well. Uh, we all know the Wizard of Boz has been tremendous for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brian Flores spoke to the media, and, and he was very open. He did not talk about his lawsuit against the NFL. Didn't expect him to. If you did, you haven't been paying attention, but he talked about just coaching and that really he's not focusing on anything that's happening outside the facility. He's excited to be a part of the Steelers. He's excited to coach these players. And they asked him about how, He's like a bulldog. They said they're really. He's really tough. He said discipline is important. Follow that. The, the The players learning how to be disciplined is important, and so he is bringing that attitude to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and I think it's great. Speaking of defensive coaches, whether it's Austin or Flores, who is going to make the calls? That's everyone wants to know who's making the defensive calls. Well, Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review said that Terrell Austin was quoted by saying he, it'll be like a normal staff where you have the coordinator who's coordinating, putting things together. He will get input from that staff and Mike Tomlin will add what he wants to add. So everyone's going to have their hand in the organizational side of it. Who's calling the actual plays? Well, he didn't really say. Carl Dunbar... Uh, he's the defensive line coach, spoke to the media, and he was asked about DeMarvin Leal, third-round pick in the 2022 NFL draft. How? What about his weight? You know, and th- this guy is – what, what, what does he weigh now? Everyone wants to know about players' weights all of a sudden. Uh, according to Dunbar, he's gained about 15 pounds since his pro day, and he's up to 290. He's up to 290. Now, what's interesting, though, is that also, um, you know, Carl Dunbar was also – asked about what they think of DeMarvin Leal, and he said, quote, he's not a tweener. Everyone says he's a tweener, meaning he doesn't have a position. He said he's not a tweener. He's an athletic freak. I like that. Why? There was someone else that used to call an athletic freak, and it was one Stefan Toett. So that's good news on that front. Now, here was a weird little tidbit from Tara Lawson. I was asked about Devin Bush, and he and Miles Jack, and they're very similar type players. And Terrell Austin said that they might be moving Devin Bush from the Mac linebacker spot to the Buck linebacker spot. Now, if you don't know the difference between the two, the Buck is supposed to be the one. Think about Vince Williams taking on those linemen, those eating up those blockers, and letting the other player, the Mac linebacker, who's normally more athletic. The perfect example is the shake-and-bake interior when you had Vince Williams and Ryan Chazier. That's the perfect example. But they're thinking about moving Devin Devin Bush to the Buck linebacker, and here's what Terrell Austin had to say. Quote, we think so. We think we're making moves right now that will strengthen us, but that will play out in camp and in games. We like where we are right now. That's very interesting. I'm not sure about that. Really, really am not. An interesting tidbit that might have gotten lost in the shuffle, uh, maybe on the cutting room floor, as Jeffrey Benedict would say, was that at the very end of Mitch Trubisky's media session, he said that he was asked, what are you going to do after minicamp? He said, I'm going to go down to Florida. I'm going to continue to train down there before, and I'll come back for training camp. But Kenny Pickett, he said he plans to go to Florida and also work with Mitch Trubisky between minicamp and training camp. Man, talk about the ultimate team player of Trubisky's like, you know, you are my ultimate competition here, and I'm still going to work out with you. So that's pretty cool. I thought this story was cool. Uh, maybe this stemmed from last season. I think we could all probably agree that were more than one. there, There was more than one moment that this shirt it's called the donkey shirt. All right. So there's a team donkey shirt and they give it to players that do something that is, well, think about the other term for a donkey. And this got given out to Connor Hayward during that red, the two minute drill. He had that one handed red zone catch. He got up and celebrated a third down conversion catch in the two-minute drill, and because he did that, he got the donkey shirt. Uh, That sounds very similar to one Chase Claypool last year who celebrated a first down in a, I don't know, two-minute drill type situation, and so maybe this is something the Steelers are doing to not just have some fun but also to help these guys realize, hey, you don't want to do that. Don't be a donkey. All right, a few more here. I wanted to bring up uh, interesting thought on Montrevius Adams. Montrevius Adams, he told reporters he wanted to come back to Pittsburgh. Said he had upwards of four teams calling him and trying to sign him, but he wasn't trying to leave the Steelers. He uh, cited that the special "quote unquote" family atmosphere and the special feeling he gets inside the Steelers locker room as reasons why he didn't want to leave. So, for anyone that's out there that think he thinks you know this is, you know whatever that's that's all. that's all well and good you know the Steelers tradition that still matters to a lot of players it still matters to a lot of players and what else matters is that I'm going to have Jeremy Jerome Betts coming up in the second half on Fridays as the we're going to call it the all bets are off segment you know we had the blue check back now it's the all bets are off and make sure you stay till the end for a heart to heart very special excited for that don't go anywhere we will be right back Hey, Pittsburgh Steelers fans if you listen to my podcast my let's ride show last Friday you heard that we had a new person take over on that Friday second segment show it used to be Michael Beck when he had the time to do the job he doesn't anymore and I brought in Jeremy or as I call him Jerome Betts we're calling this you know we had the blue check back segment this is the all bets
0: are off segment Jerome what's going on how are you hey I'm doing great hey uh, that's what we used to say in our house when we all went to bed at night. So, all oh, that's are right.
2: I, I love that. That is sister. That is something that I, as a father of five would say, I am, I don't know how it happened, but I, do you, you're a father, right? You yes. I mean? Yeah.
0: Do you, I don't know that, how it happened either, but yeah,
2: well, I know how that happened. <laughs> anyways, do you say dad jokes? Cause I do all the time and I'm not sure when it happened in my life. My kids will right. say I'm hungry. You know, what do I say? Oh, hi hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you do that right. as well? Or are your kids still really little?
0: So I, I do um, that as well, but I do it to my wife, not necessarily my, <laughs> my kid, but yeah, my daughter is turning uh, two in September. So she's not asking me those hard questions yet. Um, so they will. Yeah. Awesome. I'm they sure will. it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I laid her down for a nap just now. Cause um, she was really sleepy. I picked her up a little early from daycare and uh, I just walked by about 10 minutes ago and she's, saying her version of her abcs in in her bed right now just talking out loud so it's such a special time when they're this young but man alive they're they're a handful too and i've only got one so yeah
2: it well i got i'm gonna say this as a father of five enjoy this time when they're little and, and enjoy it when it's just one Uh, when you can give all your love and attention to that one child, and it's not that you can't handle it when Mm. you have more than one, but it goes by so fast. My oldest is 13. He'll be 14 in November. My youngest, she's three. She's going to be four in just a couple of weeks. I I just Mm. cannot uh, fathom how fast the time has gone. I've enjoyed every minute, but I'm sure you will too. Hey, we're not here to talk about parenting. We're here to talk about (laughs) the Steelers. That's right. Mandatory minicamp is a wrap. Uh, first thing I want to ask you is, did you know about the whole OTAs week three phase three, week three being canceled? And, and if so, what were your thoughts on Mike Tomlin making that call? Uh,
0: I was not aware of that happening, um, until we had talked about it a little bit over the Slack channel. Um, and on Twitter, I think you mentioned it as well, maybe, but yeah, uh, it's very interesting to me. I think several teams have, have done it as well. And the Steelers were one of them scrapping that third week and moving straight into minicamp. And, you know, it's, I think they probably just get tired of all the questions of, Hey, who's here, who's not here and, and why, and, and, and what do you make of this? And so maybe he's just like, you know what, these, these guys are working out anyway. They're, a lot of them have personal trainers working with them on their routes and their, and their hand, work and footwork depending on the position that they're in so maybe tomlin feels like we don't need to double up on that let's just get these guys doing some football drills and and see what they look like look like we've got a lot of young guys let's see where they fit and uh so i don't i don't mind the call from mike tomlin i think it it might have its usages in this situation we're in we'll see yeah.
2: If I'm reading into it and when you listen to, you can always tell what Tomlin's telling the team. When you just, when you listen to interviews, when you read quotes from players, from fellow coaches, and it, it's, it's kind of like a universal sentiment this year that we can only do so much here, mm-hmm. meaning they can't hit. So you're, you're all, you're very limited with any type of evaluation. They talked about communication. Now you can read this. You could read into this a bunch of different ways. You could say, wow, they're, they're pretty far along. if, Tomlin feels comfortable canning four practices and just moving into minicamp. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, maybe he just thinks that there's nothing else they can do. Let's just give them the time off. We don't know for a fact and we never will, but it's right. just interesting, especially with you think about the, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's not there uh, new yeah. defensive coordinator. There's a lot of new pieces, new faces. Uh, you got the rookie class, obviously that happens every year, but you know, you don't have those entrenched starters that think back to, after 2000, you know, the 2018, they had so many players with so much experience. You would say, well, I, I get it. it. These guys don't need mm-hmm. this. Not sure if I would say that about this, but they, they you know, we've heard a lot from the coaches st- coaching staff during mandatory minicamp, And we won't hear from the likes of Matt Canada, Tara lost and uh, Brian Flores, even the position coaches, you know, Jerry Olsafsky was talking, everyone spoke to the media during minicamp. We won't hear from them for a long time, but Just I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball first. Terrell Austin was asked about, you know, calling the plays and things like that. What do you think when you think of Austin's experience with the Steelers, Austin's time as a defensive coordinator? I believe the last time he was a DC was in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you kind of think is going to be the look and the feel of the Steelers defense in 2022?
0: I see a lot of disguise and uh versatility. I think if you look at the defensive backfield specifically, you don't have a lot of guys that are one position players. You've got versatile guys, jack of all trades type guys. So I think you gotta you gotta help each of them out by not leaving them on an island and, and not exposing them to uh just straight sets on defense. So I think there's gonna be a lot of disguise. I think. Between Austin and Flores uh, working the back end and, and the the front side of, of the defense, you're you're going to see a lot of that, and and they're going to work together in harmony to create a a defense that that doesn't give you the same look on every play that is going to uh, rely on on speed and versatility to confuse opposing offenses. And if Austin is indeed calling plays or, or and whoever, whoever ends up doing that there, they've got a lot to work with, but I think that you're going to see this team and, and this unit specifically play to the versatility of the defense and how they call plays and how they position players on the field. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see some of those rotations uh, throughout training camp. And, uh, obviously they're not going to show their hand too much until we get into the regular season. So it's going to be a little bit of a mystery until we get that far into it. So I'm excited to see it.
2: Yeah. you bring up a lot of valid points. How much influence do you think Flores is going to have on just even the game planning or even just his imprint fingerprint, whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. on that defense, how much influence do you think
0: he will have? So I think his role will be more defined as a game readiness, uh, coach if you will he's he's going to get he's going to use his experience and his time as a head coach and time as a defensive coordinator and um you know his time under bill belichick one of the great defensive minds of our time in this league maybe of all time too he's going to use that to to get these players ready for game day and so i think his role is it starts there and then as Mike Tomlin and Austin C fit, bringing him into schematics. So I don't know if maybe even early on, you'll see as much of a a Flores uh, handprint on the defense as far as how these guys are lining up. But as the season goes on, I think you've got to see it. What, what his Miami defenses were able to do to um, I think of the Ravens game last year and Lamar Mm -hmm. Jackson totally flummoxed by constant pressure from the safeties and the way that the defense disguised and rolled over their coverages, he just had no answer. And with the amount of versus or of, uh, I guess, speedy quarterbacks and and guys that can use their legs in the league today, you're going to see a lot more of that. Maybe Flores has a hand in that because he's obviously shown success in defending against those types of quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I mean. I know that Mike Tomlin, he said all the right things, whether it's, you know, we we just want Flores. We're trying to get as many good football minds, but at the same time, you have to wonder, this is Austin's first shot at this gig. And next thing you know, they bring Mm -hmm. in a guy like Brian Flores who does have a really good resume and he's got the experience to back it up. They'd be stupid not to utilize him. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm excited because something you said when you answer the question about Austin and I've been saying this all off season is everyone wants to sit there and think they know what this is going to look like. No mm-hmm. one knows what it's going to look like. And that includes the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. That includes right. the new England Patriots in week two. No one knows. And that's, that to me is intriguing. And I'm excited for that. But Let's go to the offensive side of the ball, Matt Canada. We all say, we, we assume he has the pieces of the puzzle together, <laughs> but Really, when you think about Matt Canada's offense in twenty twenty, I'm going to ask you the same question, except geared towards the offense. What do you think it's going to look like?
0: I think with with no Roethlisberger in the picture, there's going to be significant changes in how the offense operates pre snap, and then and even the sets that they, they'll line up in. You're going to see a lot of a lot more under center uh, play action. Uh, even some pistol formations. I think you could see that as well with uh, Trubisky and Pickett's ability to move in the pocket. And so I think really when, when we hit training camp, what we're going to see is we're going to see guys moving constantly and, and there's going to be, it's going to be reported everywhere from anybody attending training camp, the videos you see coming out, you're going to see guys constantly moving and, it's going to bring a lot of talking points. And I think once the actual season starts, you know, every preseason game is, is vanilla as it gets. And, uh, uh, but you're going to see some of those principles in part in the preseason. And then once the season hits, watch out. I think, I think they're all in for Matt Canada this year, and they're going to give him the reins to do whatever he wants. And that's going to be either really good for Matt Canada or really bad, depending on how things go. So, that's what I envisioned for this offense is just a totally different look from what we've seen in the Roethlisberger years. And even with Matt Canada's influence there, you saw bits and pieces of it. You're going to see it in full this year. Are you a believer of the Matt Canada system? I am. I think it can work. I think if you get, if you get enough, or if you get enough of the right players in place, and I think he, he does have that. Some of those guys are a little unknown. You're talking quarterbacks, um, you're talking the offensive line as well to can they open up those those lanes? Can the wide receivers uh, gel together as a unit and and work together to create those openings for each other um, and not play selfish ball? Uh, young guys, it's hard to tell if that can happen. But I'm a believer if if he can coach these guys up and if they buy into this system, then it's, it's going to work. And it, I think the offense will be more explosive this year. Um, than they were last year with with an aging Roethlisberger with a a kind of a conglomeration of offensive schemes all going at it at once now the guys can focus in on Matt Canada's scheme and they're going to run it and I think it's going to work out
2: let me ask you a question about uh, training camp so and this is not so much a training camp battle or something like that are you a type of person that believes that the Steelers actually going away from Pittsburgh, going to St. Vincent college in Latrobe is it beneficial or are you kind of like, well,
0: ah, it doesn't really matter. I've had a couple experiences in high school where I went to football camps um, in the summertime uh, away from just our, our normal ramp up process in, in August. So like July football camp and I always came out of it with the guys who came with a little bit tighter knit um, brotherhood, if you will, uh, a tighter knit unit altogether. So I think that plays into it. But as far as like the preparation for uh, playing in a game or or getting to know the the system better, I don't know if it really matters that much. But when you're talking about getting these guys in an environment where they have to rely on each other day in and day out for their communication and where they're getting to know each other on a, on a deeper level, I think that does play a part into it. And I'm excited to see if, especially for this year with all the young guys in place that are having to take these next, this next month and a half or so before training camp starts to really lock in on the playbook and, and um, take some time to get their bodies right and ready to go and, and condition well for what Tomlin and company are going to ask of them at training camp. I think it's going to be huge that they're all together in one place, kind of secluded and and barred off from the outside world so they can gel together as a unit. That's going to be huge. So this is going to
2: be the first year, <clears throat> excuse me, since 2004, that there's not going to be Ben Roethlisberger, not at training camp, not a mini camp. And it's going to be weird. It's going to be different. And I know that you were there at Ben Roethlisberger's last regular season game at m Bank Stadium in Baltimore. I can't believe you went to that dump of a town but anyways <laughs> um those are i saw the video that you had on twitter it's very cool that you got to go see that and the way that it ended and the way that it, they won the game just tremendous yeah. and they punched their ticket to the playoffs that's an unforgettable moment but let me ask you this what are your emotions right now as we sit here on the 10th of june when you think about a ben roethlisberger less offense another quarterback under center and this is not mm-hmm. just a two to three to four game situation where Ben's hurt or something like that. What are some of the emotions you're feeling?
0: Well, I'll start off by saying that Ben Roethlisberger has been the Steelers for me, basically. So I was born in the early nineties. I, I remember watching football with my parents in in the late nineties, early two thousands, when you had Cordell Stewart and Tommy Maddox running the show um, and it just, it was kind of like, oh, football, that's cool. And then, and then Roethlisberger and then the 15 and one season. And I was hooked immediately that rookie year of his and the defense was good. And we had all these, all these guys that are hall of famers now or incredible uh, franchise legends, uh, Troy Polamalu and and Joey Porter and James Ferrier on the defensive side. And, um, you know, on the offense. Uh, Jerome Bettis, my namesake, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So Jerome Bettis. And and then Roethlisberger comes in and makes it all work. And I was hooked. And so 18 years of Big Ben Roethlisberger, that's that's my Steelers experience uh, for all intents and purposes. So it is going to be different. It's going to be – it's something that it's not hard to get behind, these new guys, but I'm going to miss the things that only Roethlisberger could do. And what he brought to this team. So it's going to be a different dynamic for me. I, I come into this season uh with a little more um with a little more intensity, if you will, from from a, a technical side. I'm trying to get to know these players a little bit more and, and what the schemes are gonna do because it's gonna be more scheme reliant on how good this team is because you're not just relying on your veteran quarterback to just take you to a level that other teams can't get to because he's that good so i'm I'm the dynamic is different for me, but I'm excited for it but I will miss number seven behind the center no doubt it's gonna be weird it's gonna be very
2: weird it's gonna be different and uh, yeah I think that the best thing that could happen for that organization is just to see some success early uh, win a couple big games I don't care who's a quarterback win a couple big games and Prove that whoever is that guy can be at least some semblance of that guy, uh, and right. I think that it'll help the fan base a lot in terms of the getting the getting through it, not getting over it. Because I mean, my gosh, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, one, two Super right, Bowl has right. been to three, but getting through that. So, all right, Jerome, good stuff as always. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media? And hey, you have the platform if you want to
0: talk to the Rider Die Crew. Now's your chance. Go ahead. Hey, Rider Die Crew, I am totally pumped about the coming articles that i'm writing we're doing this series of uh, roster review and we're getting to the defense which has a lot of intriguing pieces to it the uh defensive line roster review article just came out today so check that out on behind the steel curtain.com you can follow me on twitter at the bets 93 i'm getting close to 100 followers so let's get there good and Lord. uh
2: ride or die crew can you give the guy fl- what is it again i've got 96 no, no, no. followers I what need- is your what is your handle at the bets 93 oh sorry At the bets. 93. That's right. Yep. Holy cow. People go out and follow this guy. Like this is ridiculous. He can get a hundred, get, get some four (laughs) of you goes, four of you go follow him so that he gets a hundred. There you go. Let's get a hundred
0: and then we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah, I, you know, this is the best podcast out there. You'll find for, for Steelers football. I believe that that's what got me hooked into it. So stick with the ride or die crew. It's ride or die crew for life, baby.
2: I love it. I love it. Jerome. Thank you very much. I'll see you next Friday. Take it easy. Have a good one. All right. And a big thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts for taking the time every Friday to be a part of the show. I really do appreciate it. Him and his insights. It's always fun to talk to other Steeler fans and members of the BTSC community, especially one that used to be a member of the ride or die crew. He still is. He still listens to all the shows, but he that's how you got to start. So the heart to heart, like we always finish out every Friday. This is a special one. Why? Because on, on Twitter on Thursday, uh, myself, Dave Schofield, I think Brian Anthony Davis, someone, old oh, Cheeseball 10. We know Cheeseball. He always contributes to the mailbag on Wednesdays. He sent us a picture, and it, is, it was a yearbook. It was just a part of a yearbook that said the top podcast. Now, Joe Rogan was the top, but on that list for their high school was Behind the Steel Curtain. We have a following at this high school, and I said, this is awesome. I said, where did you get this picture? He said, this is from my senior yearbook. And I said, oh, that's that's fantastic. What school? And so I said, I'll give you a shout-out. So here we go. Congratulations to Cheeseball10 in the FD. I'm guessing that's Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FD Roosevelt High School in Hyde Park, New York. The class of 2022, congratulations on your graduation. I wish nothing but the best for every single member of that class. I hope you find your calling in whatever that is. Education, as I always tell students, education is important. Not necessarily college for everyone. Education is important. Find your calling. Do what you're passionate about, and you'll go far. But congratulations not just to F.D. Roosevelt High School, but also anyone that graduated in 2022. Good luck. You'll need it. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm literally just joking. Okay, uh, let's finish this out here as we always do. You know what to expect on Mondays. Have a great weekend. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you later.